Welcome into College Football Smothered and Covered. My name is Barrett Salee. You can follow me on all the socials at Barrett Salee. Not very hard to find where I am. Please reminder to subscribe to this on YouTube, Rumble, wherever you get it. You can also catch an audio version of this on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your multimedia, your college football content. This show sponsored by Coastal Vibe Vacations. Get ready for the ultimate family adventure with Coastal Vibe Vacations. Okaloosa Island between Destin and Fort Walton, a fantastic place to take your family this summer. Call Coastal Vibe Vacations, 850-888-0515 or go to Coastal Vibe Vacations. Dot com. So we got a little bit to get to. Obviously, uh, college football never sleeps, but we're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming season, specifically Ohio State and Ole Miss. We'll also take some questions from fans on Twitter a little bit later, but let's talk a little bit about the Buckeyes because we heard a lot about what they did in the transfer portal. Look, Ryan Day said last offseason you need 12 to 15 million dollars in order to compete at the highest level look we don't know what ohio state was paying out and obviously they're not going to show you that figure because it gives everybody else a baseline for which to work off of but they are absolutely killing it in the transfer portal, Caleb Downs, arguably the best player in the portal, Quinshawn Judkins, Will Howard. And, and that's where I want to start with that quarterback position. I got kind of ripped on Twitter, or X, I should say, a little bit for making a comparison that I don't think necessarily resonated the way that I wanted it to. And I compared Will Howard to Kyle McCord in terms of quick serve Mexican restaurants that Will Howard was like ordering a burrito at Chipotle when Kyle McCord is like ordering a burrito at Moe's. They're both basically the same thing. You're both basically getting, you're getting the same out of both. And I'm not talking about production because obviously Will Runner as well, Kyle McCord, not a, at least he wasn't used that way last season. But I wasn't talking about their specific skill set, Ohio State fans. I was talking about the satisfaction you're going to get from them. I don't think Will Howard is a national championship caliber quarterback. He might not even be a college football playoff caliber quarterback. I don't think he was going to start at Kansas State in 2024. I think Avery Johnson was. He saw a little bit about what he was capable of in Kansas State's bowl game. So to me, the Will Howard transfer is more about preventative recruiting. And this is something that I've talked about ad nauseum for the last, I don't know, five, six, seven years, where coaches will go after players just as a preventative measure. They don't necessarily think they're going to start or they're going to be used at all. But they want to make damn sure that the other team doesn't have it. They want to make sure the other team, in this case, the rival, maybe Michigan or Penn State or whoever, isn't going to use that guy to potentially beat them. And I think that's what Ryan Day was going for with the transfer of 
Will Howard from Kansas State into the program. They still have Devin Brown. I don't think Devin Brown's going to stick around. They get Julian Say, and they have Air Nolan coming in. They've got plenty of options that I think are can be more effective in the passing game than Will Howard. And now, look, I think one of the things that was said by a lot of people when the the transfer happened is that okay, Ryan Day is going to go back to his roots and use more of a running quarterback. Okay, yeah. Um, you can say they didn't use running quarterbacks in the past, obviously, with Kyle McCord, and then C.J. Stroud didn't run all that much. And, and even you go back to the Dwayne Haskins days at Ohio State, you know, they didn't necessarily have to have a ground threat. I mean, I think we sort of get caught up in this idea that every Ohio State quarterback under Ryan Day and before him, Urban Meyer, was like Braxton Miller or JT Barrett. No, Cardell Jones was a passer, right? Like this is having a mobile quarterback is not a staple of a Ryan Day slash Urban Meyer offense one way or the other. It's just having an effective quarterback that can play at an elite level. I don't think that's Will Howard. I don't think he can do it with a better cast of characters around him. Because like I said, he wasn't going to start at Kansas State. Now I think Julian Sayan, Aaron Nolan, okay, yeah, maybe those guys can. I think Julian Sayan might actually start as a true freshman at Ohio State. I think he's that talented. And he can run a little bit. That's the thing. You know, if you can be a superstar passer through the air and run a little bit, be a willing runner, maybe a little bit more than a willing runner. And you can lead a team to a national championship. Again, I don't think Will Howard can be that guy. But I think it's clear that Ryan Day got a little bit more in the budget because obviously Quinshawn Judkins going in, uh, going into Columbus from, uh, from Ole Miss is huge. Caleb Downs, we talked about him. That dude's a superstar. And even keeping some players around, Emeka Gbuko being... You know, one of them, I think Ohio State's set up to win a national championship if they make the right decision at quarterback. And I think Ryan Day's smart enough to do that. And everything else around the quarterback position, the way that Ohio State has treated the transfer portal, to me screams they're all in for this season. 12-team playoff coming. Ohio State would have made the playoff essentially every single season under the four-team format. Uh, it would have made a 12-team playoff under the four-team format. So I think that going all in is something that a lot of coaches will see and that Ohio State is clearly doing. And, and look, Ohio State fans were all over me when I put my early, perhaps way too early, 12-team playoff prediction out. I guess it was right after the national championship game. Obviously, that was subject to change, and it's changed because all these other pieces that came in around Ryan Day's program, Quinchon Judkins, Caleb Downs, Julian Sayan, like that has changed. I would put Ohio State in that position. In fact, I would put Ohio State as the Big Ten champion and swap them out with Michigan and be a top four team. So look, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens because Ryan day, it has, he has gone all in and 
I think that could pay off big time if Ohio State makes the right pick at quarterback. Speaking of going all in, Lane Kiffin, the portal king. And I'm doing Q&A a little bit later. Dave Solanas on Twitter actually asked this about uh, Ole Miss potentially being a college football playoff team. I'd be surprised if they're not. I'd be surprised if Ole Miss is not a college football playoff team. Yeah, they lost Quinshawn Judkins. They get Ulysses Bentley back. He's really, really good. You get Logan Diggs. He's really, really good. The running back position is just fine in Oxford. And I also think it'll be in a, a more harmonious running back room, which obviously helps. You can have great players. If they don't get along, that's a problem. That's a big problem. To get Juice Wells from South Carolina, go alongside Trey Harris. I mean, man, this offense is going to be awesome. Just flat out awesome. And then Walter Nolan coming over from Texas A&M, potentially one of the best defensive players in the country. Potentially a guy who wins a ton of awards nationally when all is said and done in his career. You put him up with Ivy, that defensive front's going to be great. Here's the thing with Ole Miss, too. I think maybe they get knocked a little too much because folks see them as all offense, no defense. And look, I, the stats, if you look purely at the stats, yeah, that bears out. I don't think there's any doubt that bears out. However, if you can create havoc, then that's all you need, especially with an offense like this. And it goes back to a saying that used to be prevalent and prominent and now is not. It's that defense wins championships, and, and nothing can be further from the truth. Just enough defense wins championships. And the definition of just enough, it you know, it depends on your offense. It depends on the matchups. It depends on all kinds of things. Go back to 2019 LSU. That was, in my mind, and I saw that team seven times up close and personal, that was potentially the best football team in college football history. And I'm not saying that jokingly. You can put them up against 0-1 Miami. We can have that conversation. Absolutely. And there are good arguments on both sides. But look at that LSU team. Joe Burrow offense, uh, Heisman Trophy, that offense was just sick with, you know, with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and Clyde Edwards Elayer and all those guys. The defense was just sort of okay. It was just sort of okay. And I think that's the kind of thing that Ole Miss is going for. So I'd be shocked if they don't make the college football playoff. Because you look at the SEC going into the 2024 season, I'd say Georgia's 1A and Texas is 1B. I think arguments could be made both sides of that equation. I'd put Ole Miss at number three, and I'd put Alabama at number four. I think Ole Miss has got a better shot of making the college football playoff than Alabama based on what Ole Miss has coming back, and what Alabama lost from a personnel perspective on the field and obviously on the sidelines with Nick Saban retiring. So, yeah, and, and I think Lane, Lane's been a little bit of ahead of the curve in terms of the transfer portal. He stocked his quarterback room last year and basically made it hunger games. He did that during the winter portal window. I think there are a lot of coaches who didn't foresee that as the main portal window. They thought it'd be after spring practice. Two teams in the state of Alabama did that, Alabama and Auburn. And look where it got them. 
average to a slightly above average quarterback play at the beginning of the season. And obviously Alabama got better, but I don't think it was the ideal situation. I think in retrospect, maybe Nick Saban would have gone after somebody else 12, 13, 14 months ago. So I think Lane has recognized, hey, all in. All you got to do is win one. All you got to do is get to one playoff, especially if it's the first one. Think about what that would do for a program if Ole Miss is able to get to the very first 12-team college football playoff. It would elevate it so, so much higher than it is right now, and it's already pretty high. Obviously, 11-win season last season, first time in program history. The sky actually is the limit at Ole Miss. I think that Lane can win a national championship at some point, and I do think that he can make the college football playoff this year because that team is that good. A reminder, this show brought to you by Coastal Vibe Vacations, our family-friendly resorts offer exciting activities for all ages, from poolside games to thrilling water sports, unwind and spacious accommodations that feel like a home away from home. Make this vacation unforgettable with the whole family. Coastal Vibe Vacations, where the sun, sea, and smiles come together. Book now for an ocean of family fun. You can call them 850-888-0515. Go to CoastalVibeVacations.com. Okaloosa Island, just minutes west of the heart of Destin, Florida. A great place to take the family this summer. All right, let's do some Q&A. Eric Pubols, how much will the fan base whine when an SEC team has to travel north of the Mason-Dixon line for a road playoff game in December? All right. A lot of people whine, duh, in the past about the SEC not leaving the Southeastern Conference footprint. Why? It doesn't matter anymore. SEC teams are so much better than they were 10, 15 years ago. It's an outdated joke. It's past its time. SEC teams are in a point now, anyone, anywhere, anytime. Now, will it be weird if, let's just say, Georgia has to go to Michigan Stadium to play a playoff game in December? Yeah, that's going to be really weird. Are they going to complain about it? No, they're not. Football players are used to cold weather. They don't like it. Nobody likes it. Nobody likes playing a snow game. They suck. Ask any player. They're no fun. And that goes both ways. Now, a fan base will surely be upset about it because they don't want to sit in the cold. I just think, I, look, the the whole cold weather thing, it happens. Teams now go north. They go south. They go east. They go west. Auburn went to Penn State a couple years ago. Texas is going north. Alabama has as well. It's just, it's it's outdated. Some Tennessee questions. Blatt Dabble, what school could take Tennessee's place in the SEC if they get the death penalty? Tennessee's not getting the death penalty. I don't think anything's going to happen with that, honestly. I think the NCAA is so scared that the states of Virginia and Tennessee are coming after it that they're going to have to cave. And I said this yesterday on the uh, first edition of the revamped college football smothered and covered that, that Tennessee is the right team to take the fight to the NCAA. Because Danny White's just a monster. You saw the statement today just laying out everything that's wrong with this whole situation. 
Tennessee's not getting the death penalty. N- neither of the, n- none of these teams, Florida, Florida State, you know, Texas A&M, if they get investigated, whatever. The NCAA is investigating all of them because they want to wield their last remaining semblance of power. But you can't punish teams for breaking rules that didn't exist. That's not how any of this works. But hypothetically speaking, if Tennessee were to get the death penalty, who would replace them in the SEC? Based on what we've seen for the last, oh, I don't know, three months, Florida State. (laughs) That is an easy, easy answer to a loaded question. Again, it's a hypothetical. It's more fantasy, but it'd be Florida State. Last thing, also a Tennessee question from the original Rocky Top gal. What do you make of Wetzel and Forty mispronouncing Nico's name and laughing about it? I did not see this. Uh, original Rocky Top gal says it wouldn't have happened if it was Tua Tonga-Vailoa. There is definite anti-Tennessee bias in sports media. When will it ever be acknowledged? I don't think there's anti-Tennessee bias. I just think sometimes Tennessee is an easy target. Plus, Vol Twitter gets clicks. I mean, it's the truth, Vol Twitter, that y'all get clicks, and we lo- I love it. Like, that's part of the show, right, is interacting with all you people. And, you know, if, if you like this show, please subscribe, tell your friends, share all that other stuff. Um, I, I Look, Nico's name is hard. You mentioned Tua, right? Everyone just kind of called him Tua. We're probably going to all call him Nico. And, look, his name is hard. Iamaleava. 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 It's hard to say. Just like Tago Vailoa, like Uyunglele. Like, look, it's you end up calling him by the first names anyway. Mispronouncing it and laughing about it, probably not the most professional thing to do, but it is hard. It really is hard. Iamaleava. See, I can say it. It's going to take a little bit of time. I had to take a lot of time. Practicing DJ Uyunglele's uh, name because that was a lot harder than I thought it would be. And it looks nothing like what it should look like. But uh, that'll do it for today's edition of College Football Smothered and Covered. A reminder, you can catch us live on YouTube, Rumble. Don't know exactly when we will go live from the video perspective, but it will be every day. Uh, We will go live. We're trying to mix mix it up right now, see what works best. I hate this term, but best practices um, so we will go live. You can also subscribe on, on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts and we'll be every day. Spread the word. Let's, uh, let's have some fun here on college football smothered and covered.